0: Journey mapping is especially important when it comes to rising up and coming back because these are the chapters that really strip us bare and feel impossible to survive at times. Hey everybody, I'm Stephanie Zamora and this is our first episode on the Tales from the Journey podcast. On this show, we'll be profiling hundreds of incredible purpose-driven individuals from all walks of life people who've uncovered or deepened their sense of purpose after an experience that left them feeling turned upside down inside their own life. In the first few episodes, I'm going to be highlighting some of the key aspects necessary for uncovering and living out your purpose. We're going to kick things off by walking through my signature five-phase journey mapping process. Now, understanding this powerful process is going to allow you to have a clear understanding of the journey that you are currently walking and where you are inside of it as well as what you need to develop to move through each stage. It's what will allow you to rise up and come back in the aftermath of your own challenging chapters and big life transitions, uncovering the purpose of your path and making the impossible happen for yourself. This process really allows you to get clear on what comes next for you, your life, your work, and your relationship. And you'll see it further modeled for you in all of the interviews that we're sharing. Now, maybe you've been through something hard and traumatic, or you experienced a loss that's left you spinning in grief. Maybe you've walked through a big life transition, such as divorce, relocation, the loss of a job, or the ending of a relationship. Or maybe you're finding yourself in a period of life where you just feel kind of meh about things. Nothing is necessarily bad or wrong, but nothing is necessarily good or great either. Whatever it is you're walking through, you're now struggling to relate to yourself, your life, your work, and your relationship. Now to kick things off, I'm going to quickly share my own story to give you some context around what we'll be talking about and how you can get to know me a little bit better if you're new to my work and my world. Journey Mapping is housed under one of our brands called Call of the Void. Now that name, that particular site, is inspired by the French phrase L'Appel du Vide, which translates literally to the call of the void. It's that common urge arising within perfectly sane and healthy individuals who have no desire to die to leap off the edge of a cliff. Have you felt it? I certainly have, it's even been studied. Now, I believe this happens because nature activates something inside of us. For a moment, we experience the immensity of the world around us and we feel a desire to truly come alive, to feel limitless, expansive, and connected to something greater than ourselves, to break free from the boxes that contain us and the roles that confine us, to fly free. It's a strange and beautiful phenomenon that many people experience at some point in their life. Now, this concept of the void is one that's become intimately and passionately woven into my life over the last several years. The void is the inner gateway, the initiation, the path into deeper connection, peace, inspiration, love, purpose, intuition, and source. Whatever those things mean to us individually, it's that layer in between just below the surface of day-to-day life. It's magical, powerful, and sometimes terrifying, but it's a place that we must all visit at some point. That is, if we wanna truly step into who we're here to be and the work we are here to do. If we wanna live a purposeful, passionate, deeply connected and fully expressed life. My first experience with the void was entirely accidental and the memory of that moment is almost tangible for me because it was a moment that changed the course of my life forever. Living in Hawaii at just 24, I had gotten into a huge fight with my then boyfriend. So I went for a drive, and I was looping around the island while sobbing endlessly. At that point in my life, I was so unhappy, depressed, and lost. I had been fighting to find myself for years, and I wasn't getting anywhere. I felt like a failure, and I really just wanted to give up. I had to park the car at an overlook on the south end of Oahu, and I just sat there in my car crying so hard that I almost couldn't catch my breath. And that's when it happened. I accidentally, without any effort, slipped and fell into the void. I moved through that pocket that felt like death and darkness and emptiness, like I would simply disappear and never return, and I moved immediately into a place of total peace. Suddenly, I was calm. Now, it was almost like an out-of-body experience where I was still very aware of myself sitting in the car at that overlook, yet my whole being, my soul, myself felt like they were floating out amongst the stars. I felt true peace and this really clear sense that everything was just as it should be. More importantly, I had this unclouded connection to my true self, seeing and feeling who I was at my core in a way I never had before. It was this joyful, creative, purposeful awareness that brought me to life in all the ways I had craved but could never quite cultivate for myself. Everything that I had been fighting and failing to create was alive inside me in that moment. I sat there as time seemed to come to a halt and I just clung to that experience for as long as I could. When it finally passed, I calmly drove myself home, completely bewildered by what had just happened, but holding on to that vision and feeling as tightly as I could. And this experience of slipping and falling through the void changed everything for me. For the first time in my life, I had a clear sense of what it meant to have purpose, to know what I was working towards and who I was meant to become. And it served as this guidepost for me that began pulling me forward up and out of this depressed darkness that had held me hostage for most of my life. Also for the first time, I had a true sense that I was connected to something greater than myself. I had trust and faith in a benevolent universe, some spirited, wise, all-knowing source or energy. And I knew that everything was going to be okay if I just committed to closing the gap between where I was and what I had felt inside that moment. Now, this experience repeated itself for many years. Every time I would reach the guideposts that I had envisioned, I would have another experience of slipping and falling through the void, connecting with that next guidepost. It allowed me to truly create massive shifts in my life, work, and relationships, because I finally felt and understood exactly what it was I was working to create. It wasn't just intellectual. I had a deeper level of knowing. Deeper than intellect, external shoulds and arbitrary goals, I could feel it. it resonated inside of me. Now this source deep inside the void allowed me to connect to my own intuitive wisdom, create more powerfully and serve my audience in a deeper way. It allowed me to attract and connect with the most amazing community of people, and I felt seen and appreciated for who I really was. I began to truly blossom. I built a thriving and successful business with a decent-sized team, and I was finally doing the work I felt like I was here to do. Life was really, really good. That was until the end of 2014. That is when grief sucker-punched me in the back of the head. When my very recent ex-boyfriend decided to take his own life as I vacationed in Hawaii with my family, loss knocked the wind straight from my body and brought me to my knees, literally standing in my mom's garage in the middle of the night, talking to a detective and trying not to wake everyone up with my shocked and heartbroken tears. I remember that moment clearly because it was the moment that I cracked so far open. Pieces of me went missing and some of them permanently. Everything about me, my life, my business, and my path changed in a single instant, in ways I wouldn't understand for years to come, and in ways it would test and challenge me more than anything ever has. The fact is, the trauma of this loss broke me, also literally. Over the following months, my brain began deteriorating rapidly, to the point that I couldn't put my own life story in order, let alone remember what I did the day before. I would sit in front of my computer and just cry because I couldn't remember half the clients on my list, nor could I remember how to build websites anymore, something I had been doing for years. I would drive in circles around my house because each time it took me to lap the block, I would forget that I was going home. I had PTSD and it was pretty, pretty bad. When I couldn't handle one more day of this, I asked a friend and mentor if he could help. We immediately scheduled a healing process, and after two incredibly intense and painful hours, I woke up the next day with most of my memory and the ability to work again. During this experience, I learned that this particular type of process work worked with the concept of the void. The idea that all the good stuff we're seeking exists just beyond this pocket of nothingness, that terrifying space of unknown darkness and death, we're often too afraid to explore. And we're too afraid because it can feel like we're actually dying. And it's only by moving through this pocket that we can connect with what we're seeking. Truth, peace, love, purpose, trust, faith, source, and divine wisdom. I became obsessed with this concept of dropping through the void because in my life personally, it's proven to be everything in creating what I desire. In healing and finding wholeness, in uncovering my purpose and knowing who I am and who I'm becoming, the void is terrifying and magical and the gateway to everything amazing. In addition to discovering a name for the experience that I had come across accidentally, I was also introduced to The Hero's Journey while doing research on how to write my memoir, Unravel, which, by the way, is available now at theunravelbook.com. Now, The Hero's Journey is a narrative pattern that was created by Joseph Campbell, and it also works with this concept of the void, that moment where we cross the threshold into the deep underbelly of our journey. And we start facing death and rebirth. We're being called to grow in truly challenging and life-changing ways. I began to study this narrative pattern and again became utterly obsessed. The hero's journey began to serve as a framework for how to truly rise up and come back from the most awful, heartbreaking chapter of my life. It was the missing piece I needed to finally pull myself out of the grips of grief, to do the healing work, and to understand the purpose of the path I was walking. And not just that everything happens for a reason and one day you'll see all the good and the gifts, blah, blah, blah. It was a key that not only served my own healing and recovery, but made it clear what was next for me in every area of my life. It served as a much needed map in a confusing and chaotic time filled with so many unknowns. Since all of the discoveries and work, I have learned so much about what it means to truly rise up and come back from the darkest, hardest chapters of our lives. And it's not just about coming back. It's about what happens once you do, because the journey has altered you at your core. How do you now navigate your relationships, your work, your sense of self? How do you reorient to the world around you in a way that serves your continual growth and honors the person you've become in the process? How do you take all that you've uncovered and learned, the lessons and the gifts, and integrate them in a lasting way? And how do you actually step into what's next, the work, the new way of being, the more supportive relationships? This is the fun and incredibly challenging part. Now for me, this was ending my relationship with a man I believed was the love of my life, pulling down seven years of content and programs from my website, stepping away from all expectation and obligation, and extricating myself from relationships and experiences that were no longer aligned. It was a setting of new boundaries that supported my highest good, whatever that meant in each area of my life, as well as each individual relationship. It was also a ton of untangling around the core patterns, beliefs, and wounds that had been running me since childhood, all so I could clean the slate that was me and create a blank canvas for a life fully ready and able to step into what was always meant to come next. Now, journey mapping is a process that I've developed over the years that incorporates aspects of the hero's journey, but is not identical to it. See, you're on your own hero's journey right now. At any given time, we're all on a hero's journey. We can be on journeys, inside journeys, inside journeys, depending on how we choose to look at things. The hero's journey is the story arc of your life, of the season of living that you're in, of certain chapters that you're walking through. Journey mapping, on the other hand, is my process for how we navigate those journeys that we're walking, how we make sense of them, find meaning within them, and grow because of them. Journey mapping is especially important when it comes to rising up and coming back, because these are the chapters that really strip us bare and feel impossible to survive at times. Again, this can be because of massively awful and horrible life experiences, or it can be the result of a big life transition. It can also just be a crisis. You're at a point in your life where you're not sure who you are anymore, let alone what you want. Journey mapping is designed to help navigate this process so you can become who you're here to be and start doing the work you're here to do. It's all about purpose. Purpose in your life, purpose in your work, purpose in your relationships, and purpose in the path you're currently walking. Journey mapping is made up of five key stages, and during each of the stages, I'm gonna give you some indicators to help you identify where you might be at inside your own process, and at times, I'll give you questions to reflect on for yourself. All right, let's dig in. Stage one is preparing for the journey. Now, if you're in stage one, you're generally feeling uncertain about what's to come, and you're ready for a change, but not entirely trusting that it's possible. You're feeling some combination of tired, broken, sad, or lost, disoriented inside your own life, isolated, like no one understands what you've been through or what you're still going through. You want to find your way back somehow, but you're not even sure what that means for you or your life. You're lacking clarity and direction. Now, in order to move through this first stage, you need to develop three things. The first thing that you must develop is an ability to tune in and trust your intuition around what feels right for you. In all my years of doing personal growth and healing work, I cannot express how essential it is to cultivate confidence in yourself and your ability to discern between what is right and wrong for you. It's absolutely everything and it comes down to intuition. Many of the best decisions in my life and business have gone against what was recommended to me or expected of me. I have paid a lot of high-level coaches and mentors a ton of money just to ignore them. My first successful and still incredibly impactful program, I was told not to launch by a coach who I paid $20,000 to learn from. My best service package on the design side of our company has brought in the best clients and the highest profit margins. And every friend, colleague, and fellow designer or agency owner told me I couldn't do it the way I do it. Pulling down seven years of content during my healing journey went against everything strategic and smart. And it was the best thing I ever did for my business or myself. Call of the void, tales from the journey, journey mapping, none of these things would exist had I not been willing to listen to myself above all else. When I had PTSD, people told me that maybe this is just how your brain is now when it stopped working, and I refused to accept that. I knew in my bones there must be some way to heal, some way to find wholeness. And it took time, but I was right. I can't imagine where I'd be if I had never learned this level of discernment between what other people think or believe I should do, which is their own fears, opinions, and beliefs, the biased lens through which they see the world and often provide flawed feedback from, and what is right and true for me in my life and business. So how do we do this? We learn to tune into our bodies. We have to learn what a yes and a no feels like, how our intuition speaks to us. We also have to look at how to accept and receive feedback and opinions and filter out what resonates and what doesn't. The second thing that you need to develop in this stage is a strong sense of trust and faith in yourself and your own sense of source. When you develop your intuition, you're building trust in yourself. When you take new and different actions and learn how to show up in a new way of being, not just doing things differently, but being different, you build trust in yourself. When you do what you say you're going to do for others, but also for yourself, you build trust. When you realize that no matter what happens, no matter how hard you fall or how spectacularly you fail, you will always be okay because you will always make the choice to get back up and go again, you build the most essential kind of trust. You have to trust that you have what it takes to never give up. And all that takes is choice. Choice is everything. For me... I was a suicidal teen and incredibly depressed well into my 20s. When I was unsuccessful at opting out of this life at my own hand, which is how I describe it, I made the choice to stay and see this life through until it kills me on its own. That single, committed, conscious choice has changed my life completely because I'm here for it. No matter what, no matter how hard I've failed, fallen, crashed, and burned, which has been quite epic at different points in my life, I can't even begin to tell you, There's nothing else to do but get back up and try again. When you trust yourself enough to navigate anything that may happen, to survive and thrive in the aftermath of anything, you're unstoppable. You can weather the deeper work that these healing and growth journeys require, which is often a prerequisite to uncovering our truth and purpose in this life. Now, in addition to trust in yourself, you must have trust in source. Now, don't get hung up on the words here. We all know there's something greater at play, whether you call that God, the universe, spirit, or the energy that is, it doesn't matter. There is a measurable vibration to the universe. There is measurable energy, and there is so much we don't know about consciousness or how our brains work and how connected we are to everything that surrounds us. Define that however you want, but define it. Build trust and faith in it. There is more at play than meets the eye. When you learn to build trust in your intuition, you're building trust in your own inner knowing as well as your ability to tap into all the other energies around you. This makes navigating the journey far more graceful. Our universe supports more life. Look at everything around you in nature. We are all made to grow into more. It is written in our DNA, in our bones, in our cells, in our very being. However you want to define this more life truth, it doesn't matter. What matters is that you trust and know that you're not just a mere human trying to use human will to make what you want happen. You are divinely, energetically, and universally supported in growing into who you're here to be and in growing through whatever life throws your way. The third thing you must develop in this stage is an ability to be in tune with and able to feel through your emotions. You can't do this work. You cannot heal and grow if you are unwilling to feel your feelings. All of them, not just the happy ones, not just good vibes only and polished positivity. There's none of that here. In fact, if you're just looking for positivity and good vibes only, now is a great time to find another podcast. That's not who I am and that's not the stories we're going to be sharing positivity gratitude and good vibes have their place and gratitude is one of the most powerful tools you can use to create change in your life but we absolutely cannot grow and heal if we are not willing to face into you and feel what's hard and what hurts period unresolved grief and trauma are at the root of so much pain and suffering in this life behind so much disease and death and it becomes generational. We traumatize our children because we're unwilling or simply never taught how to feel our feelings. Sadness, anger, jealousy, rage, fear, hurt, pain, depression, all of these emotions are just energy. Energy and motion, -motion. e-motion. They're meant to be felt and moved through in a productive way, not held and not buried. You must develop a relationship with your emotions if you want to do this work, it's non-negotiable. Some questions to ask yourself if you're in this stage. First, where am I lacking trust in myself and my intuition? And how can I begin to cultivate more confidence in my ability to discern what is right and wrong for me? Second, what does God, source, the universe, the energy that is mean to me? Is it possible that there's more to life than what meets the eye? And if so, is it possible that whatever that is, is always working in my highest good to create growth and expansion, that I'm always being directed towards more life? And lastly, what is my relationship to my emotions? Am I willing and able to feel them all fully, even the hard and uncomfortable ones? And what emotions do I deny? Stage two of the journey mapping process is looking at the ordinary world. If you're in this stage, you're beginning to understand where you came from, where your current journey really began, and what you're carrying forward with you that you need to release attachment to in order to grow. That includes your winning strategy, your old ecology, old ways of being and beliefs, subconscious programming, and the like. Knowing where you started and what the invitation of your soul is gives you a sense of where you are in the journey so you're better able to orient and ultimately move forward. Now, in order to move through the second stage, you must develop three things. The first thing you need to develop is a clear sense of where you started, what the world before is, related to this journey that you're on. We look at the world before for one reason and one reason alone, to get a point of reference. You can't know where you are if you don't know where you came from. It's not about getting back to how things were. It's not about clinging to what was with a white knuckle grip. This is about gathering information. It's simply a reference point. It's also not about judgment. When we look back at the world before, we're not judging who we were, what was right and wrong, what we should have known and didn't, or anything like that. We don't do that. It's not about judgment. It's also not about idealization, saying, oh my gosh, everything was perfect, I wish I could get back to that. If only I had done X, Y, and Z, it was so much better back then. Our brains have a way of only showing us the things that were good when we think back to situations from before. So it's not about idealization either. It's simply about gathering information, which creates this powerful reference point for us for the rest of our work. Sometimes this is easy to do, Sometimes it takes getting support and being asked questions. Paint yourself a picture of who you were before, before the challenging chapter began, before the big life transition happened, or before you realized you weren't feeling truly happy or fulfilled in your life, work, and relationships. No judgment, no idealization, just information. The second thing you need to develop is an awareness of your winning strategies, current ecology, ways of being, subconscious programming, and beliefs. While you've developed trust in yourself in the first stage, if you've done that work to connect with your intuition and learn discernment, if you've developed your own sense of trust and faith in something greater than yourself and you're able to feel your feelings, but if you're not aware of your subconscious patterns, the beliefs and stories that run in a loop in your mind, the double binds that keep you stuck and stalled out, and what your winning strategy is, the strategy you've developed to get whatever level of safe, successful, and secure that you're at now, you can't grow any further you must be willing to look at these and understand the ways you continually self-sabotage your own growth and healing. We all do this. It's human nature. Our subconscious programming and winning strategies are developed when we're children, well before our conscious mind comes into play, and it's just trying to keep us safe. But safe often means staying stuck in what's known and familiar, comfortable, and routine. Even if you really, really want something, if you're not aware of your subconscious beliefs and your own fears around growth and change, you will sabotage yourself and it will seem perfectly reasonable and justifiable in the ways that you do it. You have to make the choice to do the work to free yourself from your old, outdated paradigms, beliefs, programming, strategies, and patterns, as well as be willing to create changes to your environment, relationships, and job to create a new ecology that supports what you're trying to create for yourself. This comes into play in journey mapping because we're often altered so quickly at the core of who we are that we now have to do the work to reorient, renegotiate, or completely rework our ecology to match who we're becoming. The final thing you need to develop in this stage is an acceptance of the invitation of your soul in one way or another. Sometimes the invitation is an opportunity, a question, a job offer, an intuitive calling to make a change in our lives. Whatever it is, it's that inner knowing that it's time to grow or expand in very specific ways to go to the next level. Sometimes the invitation is thrust upon us in the form of loss, grief, trauma, abuse, PTSD, divorce, job loss, the end of a relationship we thought we'd always have. Positive or negative, it's always an invitation to grow into what's next, to allow life to shape you into who you're here to be so you can do the work you're here to do, so you can contribute in the way that only you can. This is the first of two big choice points in journey mapping. Now, Choice points are places we have to make the choice to move forward, otherwise we stall out and we stay stuck. So if you're feeling stuck and stalled, you might still be at this early choice point. You're saying no to the invitation to grow, either because it scares you or requires change and discomfort, or because the invitation knocked you on your ass so hard that you're not sure you have it in you to show up and say yes. Some questions you can ask yourself if you're in the second stage. First, do I have a clear sense of where this particular journey I'm focused on began? Do I have a sense of what the world before is for me? Second, am I truly, deeply, honestly aware of all my subconscious strategies for survival, safety, success, and security? Do I know my winning strategy, the strategy that shows up in every area of my life and drives what I listen for, how I respond, and show up in all situations? Have I untangled the deep-rooted beliefs and double-binds that keep me stalled out? And lastly, have I said yes to the invitation of my soul, or am I stuck in limbo? Stage three of the journey mapping process is navigating the special world. You're in this stage if you're beginning to build confidence in yourself and you're gathering more tools and support for digging into the challenging phases of the journey. You understand that things have changed, that you've changed, as well as how much so. and that The only way back is through. You must now navigate and complete your hero's journey by going through the phases of the special world, preparing for death and rebirth so you can step into what's next. In order to move through this third stage, you must develop four things. The first thing you need to develop is a connection to and an ability to utilize mentors, including your own inner mentors. Mentors can be coaches, guides, and anyone who is helping you grow or learn. You're learning from me right now. You might be reading books. You might be going to a therapist or a counselor. There might be other podcasts that you follow online and love to learn from. Maybe you're in a support group or you have an accountability buddy. We all have access to the internet, just use your discernment. Mentors are necessary as we navigate the unknown of the special world, the deep underbelly of our journey. Choosing mentors requires that discernment. You must choose people who understand and recognize that you're a unique individual having a very personal experience. You don't just need a grief or trauma expert. You need someone who knows how to help you navigate your unique experience of grief and trauma. You don't need a brilliant business coach with blueprints out the butt. You need a business coach that can help you develop the blueprint and pathway to build your unique business and vision. The work you do with mentors must be process oriented. I cannot stress this enough. Everything that we offer in my company is process-oriented, even services like website design. All of our programs are process-oriented, which means they're designed to help you first tune into your intuition, vision, self, and truth, and then walks you through how to best navigate the work from that place. Not from my perspective, belief, lens, or opinions. This is a big difference from what a lot of people are doing in the personal growth and healing worlds, in all mentorship worlds. All of our coaching is also developed around process work. The work that you do with someone else should simply be having a wise and knowing guide who sees and witnesses you and your vision, your unique journey for what it is and helps facilitate a process. You do the work, you uncover the path, you make the choices and decisions about what's best. The mentor just holds space for that process and helps you go deeper when you get stuck. They never ever know more than you. I don't care how lost you feel. Don't work with anyone who acts like they know what's best when they haven't taken the time to really understand you and your current journey. Now to be clear, you don't always need external mentors. That's why in journey mapping, we do specific process work to develop our own inner mentors. And this is an expansion on intuition work, but far more powerful. Really learning to utilize your own inner knowings through inner mentors is really truly transformational stuff. The second thing you need to develop is clarity around the roles relationships play and a feeling that you're fully supported in yours. I go deeper into this in the second podcast episode on reorienting because relationships are a big area where we need to feel aligned and supported, where we need to set clear boundaries and understand what relationships are necessary and which ones need to come to a close. Letting go of the hands that held me has been and continues to be some of the hardest work I've done. Some people have told me that they don't want to dig in and do this work because they're afraid of what and who they might lose. And it's true. You might lose people you love. You might lose them because you're changing and growing so much that they don't like it. They feel uncomfortable or they don't want to change and grow with you. Or you might lose them because you realize it's not a supportive, loving, understanding, catalyzing space for you anymore. With growth comes outgrowing, not always, but often. And that can be heartbreakingly hard. I'm not going to lie about that. I've let go of so many hands that held me, people I loved deeply and dearly, because that's what I needed. That's what needed to happen for me to truly grow and heal. And while I miss those sweet souls at times, I don't regret a single moment of making the choice to let go. And here's the thing. Loss is a part of growth, period. You can't avoid this. You will lose people, aspects of your life, communities, and connections, as well as aspects of yourself. This is growth. This is healing. This is change and becoming who you're here to be. We have to shed our skin. Doing this work isn't easy, but it gives you insight, which gives you the power to choose. Maybe you'll stay in the relationships and spaces you're in because you're not ready to leave them after realizing that you need to. That's okay. That's your choice. And maybe you'll walk away down the road when it's time. Either way, it will have been your decision, your informed, conscious choice based on what you want. And I think that that's worth uncovering. The third thing you need to develop is an awareness of how current challenges are shaping you on this journey. This is a mindset shift and a willingness to grow continually. We are always being shaped by life, whether we want to be or not. It's a part of living and loving and losing. It's a part of being human. Life leaves its mark. Relationships do too. Our experiences shape our view of the world, who we are and what we're passionate about, who we become. We're always being shaped and this creates a thread that we can follow from as far back as when we were itty bitty to uncover the truth of who we are and our work in the world. This is a mindset shift. Life is not happening to us. It's not even necessarily happening for us. It's just happening as life tends to do all around us all the time. Sometimes life happens in really freaking hard ways. Life certainly happened for me in a very hard and heartbreaking way, but it didn't happen to me. It didn't happen for me either. It just happened. When things happen around us, we get to create the meaning. We get to decide what we do in the aftermath, who we become, and what to make from it. This is what being shaped by life means. Not only do we need to bring awareness to this through mindset and choice, we need to be willing to surrender to the process. It doesn't mean we give up and let life have its way with us, but there is a certain level of letting go, surrendering to the unfolding that is trying to happen in the aftermath of whatever it is we've been through, whether that's a big challenge or hitting a pocket of feeling deeply unfulfilled in our life. Life is always unfolding as we grow, and this comes back to trust. Do you trust yourself enough to navigate this life, no matter what happens, the good and the bad? Do you trust your ability to continually make the choice to heal and grow, regardless of what you experience? The fourth thing you need to develop in this stage is a willingness and ability to surrender to death and rebirth in all forms. There are times that parts of you, your life, your work, and your relationships must die. One of my favorite Rumi quotes is, don't worry that your life is turning upside down. How do you know that the side you're used to is better than the one to come? We resist death and rebirth as much as we possibly can because it's terrifying. Death asks us to go into places and spaces that we don't wanna go. But if you wanna be happy, and I mean truly unshakable joy that bubbles up from the core, no matter what's going on around you, no matter what the circumstances are, then you have to face into the pain the wounds, the darkness. And truth be told, it's going to feel a lot like you're dying because, in a sense, you are. When we face into what hurts, what's messy, and what's dark, we face into emotions and experiences that feel like they might eat us alive. The pain can be so deep and so overwhelming that we don't know which way is up or down. The terror is so fierce and powerful that we nearly stop breathing. The truths, the wounds, the aches, they feel like they'll break us. And this is where we usually stop. We bandage everything up carelessly and we turn back towards the light. We suppress the emotions. We hide from the pain. But If we're willing to face into it, to be absorbed by it, and to feel it all the way through, not sit in it, not let it fester and become stagnant, but move it through us with tears and words and full-body screams, whatever it takes, we will move right through that space that feels like actual death. And it's only through that painful pocket, that moment of death and rebirth, that we can connect with peace and joy and love and truth. Only through that pocket that we can find the kind of faith and trust that carries us into something even more amazing and joyful and aligned. More so than we ever knew was possible. But it is going to feel like you're dying. Because the parts that are clinging to the past with everything in them, fighting to stay in what's safe and known and familiar, they will be released and we will be reborn with more purpose, passion, trust, and faith with more freedom and deep joy. Now some questions to ask yourself if you're in this stage is first, do I have mentors in my life that work with me from a process-oriented perspective? Are they taking me and my unique vision, experience, personality, beliefs, and desires into account? Second, am I clear on the roles relationships play in my life? Am I feeling fully supported by mine right now? Third, what is my mindset around challenge? Am I willing to surrender to the unfolding and use choice to give it meaning? Fourth, am I willing and able to surrender to death and rebirth in all its many forms? Am I willing to let go of pieces of myself, my life, my work, and my relationships as is necessary to heal and grow? To wrap up, we're going to do a high-level overview of these last two stages, partly because the last two generally require a more personalized approach, and partly because I'm going in-depth into what it takes to reorient to your own life, work, and relationships as you make your return in episode two, so be sure to check that out. Stage four of the journey mapping process is choosing the path for your return. If you're in this stage, you're likely feeling a bit raw and somewhat disoriented from the process of death and rebirth, but... You're also beginning to form a new sense of self, a new relationship to yourself, your life, and your work from this new changed space. You're beginning to build your choice muscle and you're getting clear on what choices you need to make to complete the return and really heal and become whole again. Whatever healed and whole mean to you in the aftermath. You're ready to get clarity on what you're creating next and what the purpose of this path was. Now, in order to move through the four stage, you must develop four things. First, an ability to consistently make the choice to rise up and come back. This is 100% a choice, and I'll talk more about why in just a moment. Second, a clear sense of who you are in the aftermath of this journey. You're no longer the person you were before, and you need clarity on who you've become so that you can move forward into what comes next with more ease and grace. Third, you need an understanding of the purpose of this path that you've been walking. Now, this can take time, especially if you're deep in the underbelly of a journey that stemmed from trauma, loss, abuse, or depression. And it's not about plastering over your experience with polished positivity. It's about truly learning the lessons from what you've walked through when the time is right. I talk a lot about leaving the lessons where they lie. That means we don't jump ahead to the lessons and the gifts. They reveal themselves in their right time. And fourth, you need an ability to feel reoriented to your life, work, and relationships. This is such a big one, so much so that I'm digging more deeply into it in episode two, like I said. For me, reorienting felt a lot like bumping up against walls where there used to be doors. You've changed from what you've been through, and you simply can't be who you were before or do things the way that you did, even if you can remember doing it. Reorienting is a process in and of itself. Now here's the thing. The fall is not the hard part. You think it is? Those moments where you're tumbling down so fast that you no longer have a sense of which way is up? Twisting and turning and clawing at the empty air around you, trying to get a grip on something, anything. But there's nothing to do except free fall into the darkness. We think the hard part is the cracking open, the moments where the wind leaves our body and we're brought to our knees, feeling our heart split as the tears begin to flow and knowing in that moment that nothing will ever be the same again, losing all sense of stability as the ground shifts beneath us, where we think it's rock bottom, the moments where we're laying on the ground so broken and beaten down, absolutely shattered at our core, unable to function, unable to handle the day-to-day, unable to understand what it means to be on the other side of your pain, The heaviness is nearly consuming us. But the truth is, the hard part is the return. It's the rise and the comeback. This part of the journey requires a series of simple yet incredibly difficult choices. Moment to moment, day to day. You have to keep choosing to rise instead of settling into fear. You have to keep choosing to take steps forward and upwards instead of staying in what's familiar and known. You have to choose to do what's hard and exhausting, even though you're still tired and broken and mending from the fall. You're still picking up the pieces from landing at the bottom. You have to choose it, even when you're not sure what it is. Now, in order to choose the path of your return, you have to have a sense of where you're going. Even just a first step, a tiny niggle, a deep desire that's become revealed through doing this work. And if you've done the work in the first three stages, you're primed for this. You should be able to hear the desire, honor the intuitive knowing, You should be able to claim it, even if it's scary or it takes more work. You're willing and able to do the work to move towards it, even if that requires killing off parts of yourself, your life, your work, your relationships. And this is the second big choice point in the journey mapping process. And it's a place that we get stuck, even though we're deep into the work, because the level of choice it requires asks more of us than we're sure we have to give after everything we've been through. It requires a level of consistency and commitment, devotion and discipline, and it's not easy. You have to know where you're headed and what you want so you can begin to feed the parts of yourself that are coming alive. And this is where we begin to create the personalized map for you, the strategic plan, the step-by-step that suits your soul and brings energy into your entire being. But we can't do that if you're not clear. Now the good news, at this point of the journey, you already know I'm positive. There isn't a single person who doesn't know or doesn't have some sense of what direction to turn. In all my years of working with people around purpose, nearly a decade, There hasn't been one single person who didn't know. It's hard-coded into you. This journey has only made it more apparent and has altered the way that it wants to express itself. Bad news, most people aren't ready to fully claim or admit it. It's still buried beneath all the fears, obligations, expectations, and day-to-day aspects of life. It's still hidden, or it's in plain sight, but it's far too terrifying to claim. You need help, you need clarity, and goodness, you will need some accountability and support. Now, stage five, the final stage of journey mapping, is stepping into what comes next. If you're in this stage, you're feeling clearer, more peaceful, and more able to navigate the process of rising up and coming back. At this point, though, you need to be primed to commit to next level growth for yourself, getting clear on who you're here to be and starting to do the work you're here to do, your unique contribution. In order to move through this final stage and into the next intentional, purposeful, whole, and healed stage of your life, You must be, first, ready to live fully aligned and fully expressed. I am a huge advocate for personal responsibility. I believe it has the power to change our lives and the power to change our world. But it's more than just taking ownership and being solutions-oriented whenever problems arise. The ultimate form of personal responsibility is full alignment and full expression of self. You came into this world wired to be who you're here to be and to do the work you are here to do. Uncovering and living this out is the biggest, most important way to truly have an impact and take ownership in your life. Second thing, you need to be ready to uncover your purpose, the work you're here to do. Same as the last one, you already know your purpose. It's been hard-coded into you since before you were born. Every single person who has told me that they don't know their purpose always proceeds to then tell me exactly what it is. It's about uncovering it, clearing off all the muck that life covers it up with. You know what it is and life has been shaping you in a very unique way to live it out. Third, you need to be ready to use this journey as a catalyst for that next level growth and living. You're through it, you've survived it, and you're beginning to thrive in new and different ways. Every journey is a catalyst for the next, so long as we're alive. At this point, you're ready to take what you've learned and apply it in all the ways it's meant to be applied. And fourth, you need to be ready to begin your next hero's journey, to start a new adventure. You're ready to lay the foundation and step into what's next. And this is such a beautiful point. You're able to be truly grateful for the journey that you've walked, even if that still breaks your heart a bit more every time you feel it. You see how you've been shaped, what you've learned, and what you're here to give back because of it. You're clear on what's next. There's nothing left to do but step into it fully, which can require its own massive work. I love the work at this stage so much. It's when you finally become who you're here to be, when you see that everything you've walked through has brought you to this point. And you start showing up fully aligned and fully expressed. You're comfortable and confident in who you are. You feel happy, fulfilled, and supported by your relationships and communities. You're able to be honest about your wants and needs and to have them met and contribute to the world in the way that only you can. Everyone has a purpose and purpose is the point of this life. Purpose comes in all shapes and sizes. You already know what it is. It's already in you already trying to bubble up to the surface and you're being primed to live out your legacy every moment of this journey that you're walking. That's it. Those are the five stages of the journey mapping process. Take a moment to let me know where you're at and what you're working through right now and be sure to check out episode two where I talk all about rising up, coming back, and reorienting. Thank you so much for joining us today and for being a part of this powerful community of purpose-driven individuals. We have a ton of free resources for you at www.talesfromthejourney.tv slash free, including access to an eight-week sampler of our renowned journey mapping program. That gives you instant access to impactful training lessons, life-changing exercises, and our signature AccuSesh processes that you can implement immediately. We'd love your help in getting the message out and growing our community. So please take a moment to share this episode, subscribe to the podcast, podcast, podcast and leave us a review on iTunes. I'll catch you in the next episode.